Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Well, guys, we're, uh, we're into the third message of a series. How many of you have been enjoying the new series, Wisdom? And uh, last week we had a bit of fun talking about Mary and Martha and the, uh, the clanging of pots in the kitchen, the filthy looks around the doorposts as uh, Mary was basking at Jesus' feet while Martha was doing all the work in the kitchen. And we talked about how easy it is uh, for all of us, no matter how long we've known Christ, to come to a stage in our lives where we're running on empty. The tank is empty. There's no oil left in the lamp. And Jesus told a story, uh, a very clear story, about 10 women who were all virgins, which of course speaks to us of relationship with Christ. And uh, he labelled five of them wise, but he also labelled five of them foolish. And he characterised foolishness in our lives by the fact that we have all these demands being made on our life, and yet we're running on empty. We've got nothing in the tank. And five of them were called foolish by Jesus because they knew what was coming, but they hadn't prepared themselves. Isn't that foolish? We know there's a demand that's going to be made on us, and yet we don't prepare for it. And uh, and so often in modern 21st century living, it's so easy for us to come to a stage in our lives of depletion where we're completely depleted, we're running on empty, we're doing things out of our own strength, and as a result, everybody's getting a bit scratchy. You're getting scratchy, those that love you are getting scratchy, because we're not doing things the way that God designed us to do them. Can I hear an amen this morning? And so last week I talked a little bit just to fill some of you in that weren't here, and I just talked about how God has a plan. As we give out, He wants to pour back in to our lives and he wants to replenish your life. He wants to fill your lamp with fresh oil. Oil speaks of relationship with the Holy Spirit. It speaks of the ministry of God's Spirit within our lives. And when anyone becomes a Christian, Christ comes into our physical bodies and we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in that temple, there is oil, there's relationship. But still, we can come to places and seasons and times in our life where we get disconnected. And as a result, we end up doing stuff under our own strength. And very soon, we start falling over. And uh, people start taking notice. Wow, Pastor James has been really scratchy lately. Did you notice that? You know, I wonder if he's been praying. I wonder if he's been in the Word. Oh, I'm starting to wonder. I don't know about that, Pastor. You know, and uh, or whoever it may be, your wife or your husband or, you know, your boss, whatever your situation today. So we talked about how to replenish last week. And so we're talking about wisdom for life. We're talking about the scriptures and how wisdom simplifies things in our lives. It doesn't make it more complicated. It simplifies our life so that we can keep the main thing the main thing. How many of you would classify yourself as extremely highly distractible? (laughs) There's that's about half of us, all right? 
The rest of you, I admire you. You're laser-focused. You're single-minded. Praise God. We have some laser-focused people in the house today. But the rest of us, you know, we go to look up something on the internet. Then half an hour later, Google's taken us on a rabbit trail that goes all around here. We find all these interesting, wonderful facts, but we still haven't got what we came to the internet for. We get distracted. So, you know, last week I talked about how we can replenish our lives and what God wants to do and, and ways and avenues that will energize your life. And obviously, connecting with God is the main thing. When we connect with God... When we connect with the Holy Spirit, there is a God's internal replenishment program that is happening within our lives. The oil of God is there. The sense of God's presence is there. Uh, You know, David, when he wrote Psalm 23, there was a sense that he knew even as he was walking through the valley of the shadow of death, if he kept walking, he would walk, eventually walk out the other side of that valley and God was with him. Amen. And so... Uh, This morning I want to talk about, well, it's all very well to look at all these different things that we need to do to re-energize and to to get back up to speed again. But you're asking me in my already disorganized, overscheduled calendar to squeeze something else in there. You've got to be kidding, Pastor James, right? You've got to be kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And so today I want to talk about taking command of your schedule in your life and learning how to prioritize your life in such a way that you're on point, you're on track, and you're right exactly where you need to be. Is there anyone in the house that needs to be somewhere today that maybe you're not quite there yet? You're not quite there yet, but you're getting there. Well, hopefully this message will help you today. So, Father, as we open your word, we pray. May the word of God be quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray it would divide asunder, soul and spirit, bone and marrow. We pray it would discern the very thoughts and intents of our heart. Help us to put our lives on the anvil, Lord, today, and allow your spirit to speak. Help us, Lord, to listen. Help us to be better listeners than speakers, that we would hear the whisper and the command of the Holy Spirit in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To make something simpler is to make it easier, to make it understandable. So many people overcomplicate stuff. And we want to use the KISS principle, keep it simple, saints. We want to be able to (laughs) simplify our lives down in such a way that we're not overcomplicating things. Amen. So Solomon who once was the wisest man that walked the planet, he wrote this, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So wisdom and understanding are like inseparable twins. Wisdom is the, it's the God know-how, it's the skill, it's the impartation on how to go about living your life in such a way that you're maximizing, you're productive, you're effective, you're, you're doing things the way that God intended you to do. And obviously we don't live in that, that pocket continuously. We don't live in that bubble where we're in the zone all the time. But when we have wisdom on tap within our lives, it makes a huge difference to how we can progress in our lives. And so... 
I want to take, first take a look at our most irreplaceable asset. It's the asset that we all have. We all have the same amount. What am I talking about? Time. The scripture says in Ephesians 5 verse 15, Be careful then how you live. Not as, not as unwise. Hello? We can live our lives lacking wisdom that is directly coupled with the issue of time. In other words, show me your schedule, show me your calendar, and I can probably tell you whether you're living a wise or an unwise life. So then, he says, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. There's a sense of urgency that the scripture is talking to us about. And unwise living is characterized by one common issue over all of our lives, and it's a very simple one. It's bad stewardship of our time. What are we doing with our time? Wasted days and wasted nights. Come on. Wasting our time doing stuff that isn't going to take us anywhere. Time used without wisdom equals wasted days and wasted nights within our lives. And when we tap into God's wisdom, something amazing happens within our lives. And that are, there, are, there will always be a demand to reschedule and reprioritize your calendar. Because God wants to introduce something and he wants to subtract something. And that means your calendar is going to get a hiding. All right? That means things in your calendar will have to be shifted around. Some will, things will have to be removed to make room for the new things that God wants to do within our lives. Right now, and most of us here, there'll be, we'll be sitting in one of two extremes. The first extreme is that we've got too much wasted time within our lives. We're spending time in areas that's just not taking your life anywhere. It's, you know, you see, the thing about time is, is that the thing about time is that you only have today. Yesterday is gone. I don't know why the Beatles song Yesterday is so famous, because it's such a frivolous set of lyrics. Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. <laughs> and you're like saying, today, man, you should see my troubles today. I got troubles today. But the thing is, you see, yesterday is gone. You can never get yesterday back. Yesterday is history. There is no use crying over spilt milk, as think the saying goes, in the sense that you can never reclaim yesterday back. And if you're going to spend copious amounts of time living in the place of regret, all that regret is going to do is rob you of the precious moment that you've got in front of your life right now. That moment is one of God's moments that He wants to maximize your life. Can I hear an amen this morning? So we're either, our schedule's uh, wasting time for normally for two reasons. Number one, we're either severely distracted or we're lazy. It's as simple as that. Lord, speak to our hearts today. <laughs> Secondly, the second area of your life today may be in this zone, and, and that is simply this. You have too many tasks on your calendar 
for the time of day that you have in front of you. You're overscheduled. You don't have enough time in your day to do everything and you're living in a maximized stressed out zone within your life. It's not healthy. It's not doing good for you. It's going to mess you up on the inside. It's going to rob you of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And today we're going to take back your schedule in Jesus' mighty name. You know, it's time for us. You know, sometimes I listen to people describe their too busy lives and pastors. We're the worst. We're the worst. You know, some people, just, they don't want to go near their pastor. They take one look at their pastor today and think, oh, no, he's too busy for me. Because he's got that busy look on his face, you know. That busy look, oh, I'm stressed, you know, so many things to do, not enough time, you know. That's why my wife lives in another bedroom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> hey? <laughs> Say no more. But sometimes when you talk to these people, it's almost like a badge of pride. I'm so busy. I'm wearing my busy badge, my badge of pride within my life. But did you realize if you're moaning or whinging about how busy you are, did you realize that you're the one that made yourself busy? <laughs> you might say to me, Pastor James, you don't know my boss. My boss is the one to blame for the state and condition of my life. If I could just get the courage up. You're now reporting to the elders from this moment forth. <laughs> newsflash, newsflash, you are the boss of your schedule today. It's time for you to take charge and take control of your life by taking charge of your calendar and being a wise steward today. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. There it is. How are you going to get wise? By numbering your days. If I was going to paraphrase that, it would mean taking charge of what you are putting into the calendar of your life, numbering your days, realizing that none of us necessarily have a guarantee of the time ahead of within our lives. But when we number our days, we plan our days ahead and we plan our time according to purpose, not according to wasteful distractions, but purposeful living. That's where you get energized. You get energized when you're living your life on purpose and you know the way that you're spending your time is making a difference in people's lives. So, we see that our calendars are actually directly linked to the subject of wisdom this morning. So I want to ask you a question that might be a bit of a revelation to some of us this morning. And that question is simply this. What would my schedule look like if God was in charge of my calendar? Now, for some of you, that's not a new concept. But for some of us, it is a new concept. When you're looking over your calendar, who's in charge? Are you being directed, led, and guided by a sense of stewardship that my life is no longer my own because my body's been bought with a price by the precious blood of Christ. And I'm no longer in charge of my life. If you're a believer and a Christian that's given your life to Jesus Christ, you have a new boss in the house. 
His name is Jesus and he wants to take charge of your calendar. That means he will want to bring change within your calendar and he's looking for a softness and openness within your heart and within your spirit to make the changes that he often doesn't suggest to you, he often commands. And it is your blessing to obey. Amen. Blessed are the obedient in life. Absolutely sure. Look at 1 Corinthians 6.19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So who's in charge? Why? Because he's paid the price for you and I. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, your spirit, your calendar, which are God's. Amen this morning. So when you start your day out, it can take on a completely different look when you say and ask the question, Lord, how would you like me to spend my time today? How would you like to order my day today? Remember, wisdom's about simplifying our lives, not overcomplicating it. And this simplicity of living cannot be found within our lives without clarity about the big picture target of your life. Can I keep that? Can, can I just keep that in front of you for a minute? You might be really good at scheduling a month ahead. You might be absolutely awesome at scheduling three months ahead. Or like I do every year, I schedule our whole church calendar year. I schedule ahead for 12. It's taken me a long time to get around to that sort of type of living within my life because I had to learn some hard lessons about my calendar. But what's the point of being super well organized on your calendar in your world if you haven't begun with the right question? The question isn't, what do I want to get done in the next 30 days? The question is, who do I want to become in this next season of my life? Who do I want to become in the next season of my life? Because that, my friends, is going to be the thing that reorders your calendar and your schedule. Not all these tasks that I have to do. But who do I want to become in the next season of my life? That will have a direct bearing on how you spend your time today. Is there an amen in this cold Methodist Presbyterian church this morning? You see, once upon a time, I used to only have work appointments scheduled on my calendar. So my calendar, if you looked at my calendar, it only had work appointments on it. And then I suddenly realized one day, actually, my life doesn't consist of just work. Amazing, eh? Incredible. I realized that outside of my work hours, which can chop and change a lot, a lot as a pastor, there has to be a lot of flexibility. But I suddenly realized that I had all this time outside of my required work scheduled days where there also should be stuff calendared down. If I have children, if I have grandchildren, if I have family, if I've got recreational activities, those things also need to appear in my calendar in order for me to live a prioritized life. So I began to fill in stuff outside of work days and work time of where I should be and what I should be doing in order to pull my life in the right direction. You see, when I was a young pastor, 
Uh, I had three young children. Uh, so Viv used to get up and do the worship, and I'd have my three boys on a rug at my feet. Uh, you know, three under the age of five boys can be a real handful, so you have to learn how to manage them well. You know the old squeeze the hand trick? Have you tried that? You know? <laughs> you know, keep them in order, squeeze the hand trick. Parents, you found that trick? That's a good trick. All sorts of tricks that you learn uh, when you've got lots of young children in church. But I was so motivated to want to grow our church. I had some issues, obviously, within my life back then, being a new pastor, didn't really know what, what I was doing. And so I'd be madly pursuing everything that I could to do what I could to head our church in the right direction. Sometimes, friends, that meant I was out five to six nights out of seven. And then one day God pulled me up and he said, James, what does your life consist of? Well, work. Yes, the Lord said, that's obvious. <laughs> well, I have a wife and I have three sons. And the Lord said to me, don't you think that your boys want to grow up having had a father around after they come home from school and been able to sit down at the meal table and have a meal with you as their dad. They're not going to have many happy stories to tell 20 years down the track if dad was never home at night. So I put down a new rule of thumb in my calendar that I would only be out three nights out of seven instead of this maximum thing that I was pushing all the time. And you know what? I was able to put my kids to bed at night I was able to sit around the meal table, and we used to have a tradition in our family. Okay, boys, one good thing, one bad thing that happened in your day. So we had some very interesting table conversation uh, around those things. And so it makes it, you know, food is fantastic. Food is, food is a place where you connect with people. It's also yummy. It's also scrumptious. You can also overindulge in it. Um, but it's a great place where we connect with family. We connect with friends around food. And so suddenly I was able to be at home these nights because I had exercised a rule within my life that was going to prioritize my time towards the things and the people in my life that were important, that were, should be important to me, and they were important to God. And so I used to tell them, every night I'd tell them either a Bible story or a little boy story. They used to love the little boy story. So I'd tell them a little boy story about uh, what I used to get up to when I was a kid. And they used to love those stories, especially the naughty stories. Have you ever noticed that, how kids love the naughty stories? <laughs> tell us that story again, Dad. So, friends, it's not about what I need to get done only. It's about what you want to become in the next season of your life. And can I say this? You're never too old to change. That's a word of the Lord for someone here today. Don't let the devil ever convince you that you're too old to change. I've seen vocational change. I've seen recreational changes in people's lives. I've seen people take up running at the age of 50 upwards. I've seen all sorts of things take place in people's lives where they've been convinced they were too old. Never say that you're too old. Amen. And all the young people said, uh, I said the young people. <laughs> Let me give you a couple of examples. 
Anyone ever heard of a guy called John Grissom? Go into any Whitcall store, any bookshop, any second-hand bookshop, you'll find John Grissom's books filling the shelves. Become a mega author, extremely successful. Well, once upon a time, John Grissom used to be a lawyer and he hated his job. He hated being a lawyer. And inside of him, all he had was this desire to write. But he never had any time, or so he thought, to fulfill the dream of one day changing his vocation from a lawyer to an author. And so one day he got the thought in his mind, what if I went into work an hour earlier every day and for one hour every morning, which is the best time for creativity, that he would just write a page a day. And so he began to do that. And before long, somebody took a hold of his manuscript and they published his first book. And then he left law behind, became a full-time, incredibly successful author that has literally, his books have been read by millions of people all around the world because one man got an idea in his heart that if he could change something on his calendar and he would just simply charter into a box on his calendar, write every morning, first thing, then one day he would publish a book and then all the rest of the books. I have seen countless people over their time. When I first became a Christian, I had no vocation. I left school and I just did laboring jobs. I, did, I worked at the freezing works. I was a scrub cutter. I was in the, working in the shearing gangs. I had all these jobs that were never really going to take me anywhere. And when I came to Christ, suddenly I had this sense of purpose within my life. And so the first thing I began to ask God about was, do you want a change of vocation in my life? And he said, yes, I want you to go back to school. I wasn't too happy about that prospect. But I discovered that my, because my attitude changed, I hated school when I wasn't a Christian, because my attitude changed, suddenly studying and work was effortless and learning new things. And so I went back and I did a certificate in computer studies. And out of that, I got a job as a computer programmer and I worked in a computer programming firm until the day that the calling came for me to become a full-time pastor. And on the same week that they asked me to become a full-time pastor, a, a big company here in Queen Street, Auckland, also offered me a promotion for a job. So I had two brand new jobs. One paid about four times more than the other. You can guess which one it was. <laughs> so I humbled myself and took the less paying job. And, and this year is our 30th year of full-time ministry. Praise God. And so you can change your life. Write one word in your one word or learn or two words, night classes into your calendar and go. I, I, I knew a guy that once he took, uh, he took night classes, he decided he hated his job. He wasn't going to put up with it anymore. He knew an area that he was interested in. So he signed up for a night class. And for two years, every week on a Tuesday night, he wrote into that box, night class. And he attended night classes for two years and came out with a degree out of his, that, that night class uh, college that he went to. And he got a great job earning twice as much money doing a job that he was satisfied and that he loved. Why? Because he had the wisdom to write night class on a Tuesday night in his calendar that changed his life. So... 
As we finish off, I'm just going to touch on a couple of those energy buckets that we talked about, replenishment, because really that's the thing here in our own lives, is this. To go from depletion to replenishment, you need to schedule it in. And so what about the first thing that we talked about last week, connecting with God? You know, I I just want to raise something because I've never preached on it, ever, since we started this church. I have never preached on it. But as a pastor, I'm often struck as I hear the comment, I almost didn't come to church today. And it's usually after the Holy Spirit has inspired someone or the Lord has spoken to someone through a message that has been given and the grace of God's been on it. And they, and they say, I almost didn't come to church. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, you're kidding, right? You're a Christian. Christians actually come to church. That's where there's other Christians that also come to church. And look, please don't feel guilty about taking the odd Sunday off this morning because we all need to do that as well. In fact, next weekend, I scheduled it six months ago to whisk my wife away to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary so I won't be here next weekend because I'm replenishing. She's replenishing. And, uh, and, you know, and I joyfully say that because that's something that every marriage needs is time to input and replenish and to grow stronger, to talk about issues that us men something go away. I don't want to hear about that, you know. Have you ever noticed that? When a woman says, can we talk? <laughs> men, what do you want to do? You want to run 100 miles in the opposite direction. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> But, you know, we're going to talk about some stuff as we head away over that weekend because we simply need to do that all the time in our lives. So I want to remind us of a couple of things. In Luke 4, 16, we're actually, it's revealed that Joseph and Mary and Jesus and the rest of us, because you know, right, he was raised in a big family, right? But like Jasmine's family here today, big family. And, uh, and he, had, he had brothers and sisters. And this is what the Bible says. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Now, let me just get, there's all different forms of church that we meet in. There's house churches. There's churches like us that meet in rented facilities. Jesus' custom was to meet with other Jewish people on the Sabbath as was his custom and he stood up to read. And you say, well, that's okay for you, Pastor. You have to be here. (laughs) You have to. You're paid to be here today. But I want to tell you that prior to coming into full-time ministry, over a four-year period from the time I got saved, I only missed three church services and that was going to church in the morning and at night. Now, I'm not saying that as a skiting badge, I'm just telling you that it was an inbuilt priority within my life to make it to the house of God because I felt that if I wasn't going to make church, I was going to miss out on something. God was going to speak. The Holy Spirit was going to do something. There was something that was there relevant for my life, and I didn't want the spirit of miss out was upon me. I didn't want to miss out, so I made it a priority to get to the house of the Lord. Hebrews says it like this. Let us consider one another... In order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. 
It was a problem back then, apparently. But exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What's the day? It's the day of the Lord. It's when God's going to wrap this whole thing up. And what he's saying in this situation here is that you actually need to realize that when you're not here, the rest of us are missing out. It's not just you that's missing out. We're missing out because it says here, consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. When you're not here, you can't be a stirrer. It says when you get together, you need to stir up good things, not trouble, all right? You need to stir up love and good works. In other words, you're missed as part of the family of God, part of the body when you're not here. Your absence is felt. That's what the scripture is saying. And then it says, gather together to exhort one another. What does exhort mean? It literally means to draw physically alongside someone. That's what the, the original connotation of the word exhort in this context means. To physically draw alongside, to console, to encourage, and to strengthen. There could have been somebody in church, had you not been here today, who's going through a tremendously hard time. You've got a connection with them. And if you weren't here, you could not console them and strengthen them and encourage them. So... Next one on the calendar. Church on Sunday is something that is repetitively scheduled in to my calendar. So that's on the corporate gathering side. What about the personal side? Well, friends, it's got to start somewhere. And normally I come, uh, people come to me as a pastor and they say, this they, they say this revealing statement and it goes a little bit like this. I feel like God is so far away from me, Pastor James, at the moment. And I simply ask one question, and this is the question. How much time have you been spending with God lately? Normally ask another way around. How much daily time have you been spending with God lately? After all, Jesus taught us the model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. There was an expectation on Christ for daily connection with the Father to happen within our lives. And normally, if they're truthful and they're honest, they're saying, well, I'm actually skimping on my time with God. And then I say, do you have a regular pattern and rhythm in your life where you're connecting with God? I'm a great advocate of morning times with God. I believe that your mind is at its best level. Countless studies from Harvard, all sorts of research companies have discovered that the human mind and the human spirit is most open first thing in the morning, where you can get away undistracted and meet with God and spend time with Him. Of course, if you're going to do that, you need to get to bed earlier. It's just practical stuff. Calendar it in on your calendar. 10 p.m. Bedtime. Watch the notification come up on your phone. Oh, it's time for bed. If you want to get into a serious rhythm of connecting with God properly, then these are the things. Remember, it's not what you've got to be get done. It's who you want to become in the next season of your life. If you want to become closer to God, if you want to get a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you've got to schedule these things into your calendar and make it work for the purpose for which God's created and made you today. Praise the Lord. So personal connection time, up on that calendar there, time with God, schedule it in, allocate it within your life. 
and gain a daily rhythm. It takes 21 days, proven, 21 days to change a habit. If you can do this for three weeks and find a rhythm within your life, your life will dramatically change, dramatically change. You might say, well, Pastor James, I'm actually a shift worker. I can't get up early in the morning because that's what time I'm going to bed. Find a place within your schedule where you are alert, where you are awake, and you can give God your best time and watch what he will do within your life. Second area, marriage and family. Marriage and family. I went out for a date with my wife on Friday night. On Saturday morning, I had a bit of food poisoning. I was just wondering if when I was turning away to, maybe I was, maybe I was turning away to look at that, there was a big television screen that had rugby league on it while we were, while we were having, and I'm pretty sure when I turned away to look at the rugby, she put something in my seafood chowder, and the next day I had seafood poisoning. No, you wouldn't do that, eh, honey? Uh, awesome. Let me tell you something. If you don't invest time into your relationships, they go stale, they get difficult, they get awkward, and they start to go off. You know when something when food goes off, it gets smelly. Your relationship can become stale and smelly because you're not keeping it fresh and you talk to anyone that's been married for a long period of time, and one of the things that they'll tell you has been a secret to their success of staying married is that they have made regular time for one another in their marriages. I even used to, when my boys were young, I used to have date, what did I call them? Date something or others? Date mates or something like that, where I would get my boys on their own, and we would just have connection time. Sometimes I'd even take them out of school. So all the kids block their ears right now. I take them out of school just so I could catch up and spend quality time with them. And, you know, the next few weeks, they'd just be buoyant. They'd be up there because we had connection time. What does it take? It takes one word on your calendar. Schedule it in. Schedule in date. Schedule in date night. Make it a regular occasion within your life and see reap the rewards. Now, maybe your marriage has gotten too stale. And you might need to inject another word in your calendar. It's called counsellor. <laughs> counsellor. If you want to seriously retake ground, and you know there's a lot of issues that are not going to be solved just by having a date, okay, you need to find a counsellor. Schedule it in. Get a recommendation. Find somebody that can speak into your life and help you with the issues that you are facing. They will not go away even by having two dates a month. Your, your issues will remain. You need to get help when you need to get help. Can I hear an amen this morning? What about recreation? Last week we learned that recreation literally means to recreate energy and vitality. We all need recreation. And I talked about how I love riding big 1,000cc motorbikes. Arrgh, I won't go there again. I'll get distracted. Um, but, you know, for me, that's what I'll do. I'll jump on my bike, and I don't need to have anyone else riding with me. I'll just head off into the sunset. Wind blowing through my hair. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm now fantasizing, all right? We've shifted from reality into fantasy. 
It's a bit hard when you're wearing a helmet for the wind to blow through your hair. <laughs> that was in the bad old days when you didn't need to wear a helmet. But you've got to find something that will recreate energy and vitality within your life. I mean, a connection with God will always do that within your life. But there are other activities. You, must, you might love sewing. That needle and thread and the smell of cotton, it just makes you, it just revitalizes you. <laughs> those knitting needles and the clicking of those needles as you're speed knitting. <sighs> Do we have any speed knitters in the house? <sighs> It might be going to the gym, it might be, it might be running, it might be uh, taking walks, it might be going bush, it might be whatever it is, schedule it in, get revitalized. <laughs> and that's why, the only reason why I can go away next weekend is because six months ago I put it on the calendar. And so this is, this is our first weekend off for the year, next weekend. And I find that if I go five or six months without a weekend off, I get scratchy. I get scratchy. You all right, Pastor James? Yeah, a little bit on edge today. Um, so, you know, so I'm hoping to take the edge off. So just breathe deep. You can approach me. I'll be approachable. I'll be friendly. So plan ahead on your calendar and schedule in, not just work appointments. Take a look at your whole life. It's not the task that you need to get done. It's who you want to become in the next season of your life. Who do you want to become? What do you want your marriage to look like? How do you want your relationship with your kids to look? It's time to take the power back. Do some scheduling. Remove some stuff that's caused you to be too busy. You've become depleted and empty. You're robbing God of your time. You're not even giving God the opportunity. Friends, a few minutes in the car. It might be a starting point, but not for a mature believer. Come on, if your relationship with God's gotten down to a few minutes in the car, something has to change in your schedule and my schedule. You want to give God the opportunity to refresh your life, to speak into your life, to have a connection with the Holy Spirit, where the gifts of the Spirit can operate, where God can prophesy through your life, where the ministry of God can flow through your heart. And then, friends, it will be much harder to drift and that's my conclusion today, is that all of us continually need to fight the drift. We all have drift within our lives, where we lock on to a direction within our lives, and before long, a few months down the track, drift is taking place. We've stopped our dates. We've stopped putting energy into our relationships. We've stopped making room for that new thing. Yeah, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. I'm going to be a gym bunny. You watch me, I'm going to be a monster in six months. My biceps and triceps are going to be bulging and rippling through the shirt. <laughs> Fantasy again. <laughs> but you know, that's the reality, isn't it? That's what we sometimes say. And we overschedule out of our enthusiasm. And then two weeks down the track... How many times did you go to the gym this week? Well, I said three. I went for half a session. And I got so sore, I thought I'd give it a rest for a couple of weeks. 
Let's fight the drift, family. Let's fight the drift. Let's, if we don't, if we, if we drift, we stop connecting to the Father. We stop connecting to the people that matter the most. We drift away from church. We drift away from friends. And we stop contributing and we stop being a bless, blessed to be a blessing. Let's be blessed to be a blessing. Let's have the wisdom of God to prioritize our life. Matthew 6.33, our last verse today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, what things? He was talking about shelter, food, clothing, and the prior verses to this. What God is saying is if you'll put me first in your schedule, if you'll make me a priority in your life, you'll spend less time getting distracted, chasing all those things like clothing, fashion, housing, all those things that are essentials to life. Maybe not the fashion, but all those things that are essential to life. And God says, you don't have to chase them. When you put me first and you chase me first, then those things will chase you and they will follow you because you've rescheduled and reprioritized your life. Let's stand to our feet today.